This is HPR episode 2277 entitled, I'll Turn It and Other Projects. It is hosted by M1RR05H4D35 and is about 15 minutes long and carries an explicit flag. The summary is, in this episode, I take a look at some different attempts to spread free internet access. This episode of HPR is brought to you by anhonesthost.com. Get 15% discount on all shared hosting with the offer code HPR15. That's HPR15. Better web hosting that's honest and fair at anhonesthost.com. Radio. I'm Mirror Shades, and today I'm going to talk about OuterNet. Actually, I'm going to talk about a, a couple of different projects that are going on, um, and they, they're not exactly new. They've been going on for, I don't know, a couple of years now, but uh, maybe it's just I've been out of the loop, but um, so I discovered this thing called OuterNet, and uh, I found it kind of interesting, and I'm going to get into the meat and potatoes of what OuterNet is in just a little bit. Um, first, I wanted to look at a couple of uh, similar projects that are going on in the world. The first is um, Project Loon, which is Google's, uh, I'm sorry, it's kind of ridiculous sounding. Um, it, it's an idea, the premise of which isn't necessarily bad. It, the idea is to bring uh, internet access to uh, parts of the world that don't otherwise have internet access. And they say they can achieve uh, speeds that are close to 3G with these high altitude, they're kind of like weather balloons. Uh, but there's a lot that. Uh, I don't know about the project uh, specifically like you know helium is kind of a rare thing now we're not really supposed to be using that as much and uh, so a lot of people have been wondering you know are they using hydrogen how are they getting the um, the equipment up there I think there was some confusion in some of the articles I read um, because they use the term 3G like speeds. I think some people thought that maybe they were actually using 3G, but I, I don't believe so. My guess is it's the balloons themselves probably create some kind of ad hoc wireless network. And uh, there's some information about how um, Google plans to control the balloons uh, and keep them where they want them. But um, there, there's a lot of issues uh, as far as, um, again, the type of network that's being used. And uh, the balloons themselves can't stay up in the, in the atmosphere forever. So 
you know, as to how they're going to plan on bringing them down and the sorts of things they need to do to them when they bring them down. I, I don't really know. Um, there's a lot of gray areas in that project. Um, but basically, the idea is they're going to bring internet to everybody using high-altitude balloons. Um, I don't know that that project has a great deal of viable longevity. Um, it seems like it might be more trouble than it's worth for what you're going to get out of it. Um, although I don't think the... I'm sorry, there's... <laughs> There's a garbage truck and it's emptying the dumpsters for the school that's beside my house. <laughs> Alright, he likes to slam things around at 4 o'clock in the morning because he's a jerk. But, um, anyway, uh, the other project is a project that's, um, actually, I think for the most part it's being... Uh, pushed forward by Zuckerberg and Facebook um, but it's in uh, it's conjoined with some other companies and uh, it's called internet.org and this one has been just absolutely fraught with problems um, the the idea is very similar to Google's Project Loon except they want to use these um, solar-powered uh, glider drones. Uh, this company has produced these drones in the past that uh, have shown they can stay up in the air, very high up in the air for very long periods of time. Uh, I forget exactly how long. I should have looked that up, but I didn't know. Well, I'm sorry. The, the, I find the, the drones themselves are actually probably the most fascinating part of, of, of the whole project because uh, the rest of it seems like it's kind of a bust. Um, in order to get this to work, it was essentially uh, free internet access for what's the politically correct term for poor areas, um, economically depressed areas of the world. Um, the idea was that it, it it's essentially an app that they can download and install and it gives them free internet access to certain things and that's where the problems first started um, it was being described as uh, you you know what you've created here is an, an internet for poor people an internet for the poor and um, it did get kind of a um, a bad rap uh, for that reason that because there was only uh, a handful of websites that you could get to using this thing and uh, apparently it there was a lot of issues with net neutrality um, because essentially it meant that they could control what went on their free internet and what didn't so in a sense they could control what websites these people in in poor countries or, or poor areas of countries had access to um, and ultimately the the issues of you know it sounds like it's a big humanitarian thing but most people believe this is just Zuckerberg wanting everyone on Facebook 
Um, and that actually, there's some merit to that because um, according to the way anybody can create, I guess, um, uh, what, like a website for this free internet, this internet.org. Uh, the problem is is that they have to agree to let Facebook basically track everything and the other problem was is that this internet.org this free internet thing doesn't allow encryption so uh, needless to say that project has come under quite a bit of fire um, but this other thing and it, it, it's called Outernet and this is this is what actually prompted me to make this episode to begin with. Uh, I ran across uh, just by pure happenstance. I found a YouTube video uh, of a guy uh, putting together one of these kits and and showing off uh, the outer net just a little bit. So it's another one of these ideas where uh, anybody. It, it, there's no service charge for this so you can get if you you can either buy one of their devices which they call a lantern which is kind of neat I, I've seen pictures of them I should say I don't have this this is something that I have not had the chance to experiment with uh, I'm kind of hoping that by talking about this here uh, some people out in the community might uh, either already have had some experience with Outernet or um, are willing to pony up the money for the, the kit or the device and maybe do a more in-depth show and talk a little bit more about uh, their experiences with it. Uh, from what I gather, anyway, you can buy this device. They call it a lantern. It's kind of an interesting little device. It's, it's in a weatherproof box. It has a solar panel on it and uh, essentially what it does is it connects to the outer net which is a, a network uh, via satellites and it downloads a bunch of stuff it does this automatically and it creates a Wi-Fi hotspot and basically what you do is you connect to it via its SSID it's it, like I said it's a, a Wi-Fi hotspot so you can connect to it with any device that has wireless access and you can browse all the data that it downloads um, and essentially it's it, it looks for all the world like it's just caching a bunch of websites offline now originally I, I don't know how much I know there's not tons of data I know originally the plan called for like Wikipedia and Project Gutenberg and uh, like a handful of other oddball ebooks and stuff I have no idea what's on it I can't really speak to that because I haven't done this yet. There is, um, besides the pre-made device that you can buy, the Lantern, they actually sell on the Outernet website a little do-it-yourself kit, which is kind of neat. This is probably what I would do if I had the extra cash, which I don't right now. But it's a, it's an interesting thing. It comes with a few components. Um, it comes with everything you need to build the the outer net box and one of the one of the parts which I find interesting because in a lot of the plans it says you can use a Raspberry Pi but the kit itself actually comes with a chip 
Uh, I don't know how many of you remember Chip. It was billed as the $9 computer. It's very similar to the Raspberry Pi Zero. Um, but anyway, the, the chip board is what they're using uh, to power this device in the do-it-yourself kit. Um, but my understanding is it uses data casting, so essentially the, it's, it's one-way communication. The satellites broadcast the data uh, constantly. The receiver picks it up and just starts downloading stuff, and um, it just caches everything on the device, and then you can browse what's on the device via uh, your smartphone or laptop or whatever. Um, that, I know, doesn't sound really great. Um, it still sounds better than having everything unencrypted and tracked by Facebook, but, uh, <laughs> but uh, I can't speak to how useful this would be to people in a third world country where things like water and food and shelter might be obviously a little bit more important than internet access. Um, but I also, I, I can see the need for that too. You know, it's not just the, the basics in life. I mean, that's an issue too. I'm not trying to sidestep it, but you know, there, there's a lot of stories of, of people in these situations who have been able to contribute some kind of difference when they were able to have access to uh, various kinds of information. Um, I remember reading about a, a guy in Africa, I believe it was in Africa, I could be wrong, I could be butchering this story really bad, it's been a long time, but uh, the guy, and you guys might remember, he built a, um, a windmill and provided electricity to his village after reading articles in like popular science, these old popular science magazines that he found in, in I guess at the library or something. Um, I know that's not like a, it's not a huge step, but it kind of is at the same time. Uh, when you look back at the history of the U.S., uh, there was a lot of cultural changes that happened as a result of not only there, there was like candle shortages and or something I don't remember what the deal was but I remember there was a big deal the electric light was a big deal for people being able to stay up past dark because um, you didn't always have access to candles they were kind of expensive uh, they didn't waste them so it wasn't people didn't get to stay up much past dark in those days so having a cheap source of light after dark changed a lot of things culturally for people in, in those days. But um, that's really all I have. If I would very much like to hear from anyone who has actually tried um, the outer net kit or even if you just bought the lantern. Um, I'm kind of on the fence. I don't know at, at some point in the future when I can afford it. Uh, maybe I'll pick one up and and do another show that actually goes into a little more depth as to what what's available on there. Uh, I find it very interesting. There's not a lot of uh, information out there. Um, I'm going to put some links in the show notes. Hopefully that will help anybody who is interested. 
and um, that's it for me. You've been listening to Hacker Public Radio at hackerpublicradio.org. We are a community podcast network that releases shows every weekday, Monday through Friday. Today's show, like all our shows, was contributed by an HBR listener like yourself. If you ever thought of recording a podcast, then click on our contribute link to find out how easy it really is. Hacker Public Radio was founded by the Digital Dog Pound and the Infonomicon Computer Club and is part of the binary revolution at binrev.com. If you have comments on today's show, please email the host directly, leave a comment on the website or record a follow-up episode yourself. Unless otherwise stated, today's show is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike 3.0 license.